You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and this is my conversation with Thomas Norman, the drummer for a band from Tasmania called Verticoli. The reason for the conversation was to promote the band's then-upcoming EP, which is called Free Will. Let's see what he has to say. Here we go. Tom, welcome to the show. I'm really enjoying the new EP, Free Will. Mate, to be frank, you play under a banner of rock that I wouldn't ordinarily enjoy, but I do find a lot to like about the EP, because I'm hearing elements of the birthday party, Bauhaus and Interpol mixed in with some Nirvana. Mate, that's my take on it, but how would you describe the EP? Oh, look, it's sort of a it's a great departure from, from our previous LP, um, which I would probably refer to as like as rock as it comes. <laughs> um, but yeah, sort of, I don't know, I guess we've gone for a bit more of a progressive approach um, for this EP. And obviously um, we have three members in the band and all three of us sort of, you know, um, really enjoy sort of all different styles of music. Um, so we've sort of incorporated as much as we can from, you know, a whole wide range of tastes. Um, but yeah, I guess, I guess I would put it down to alternative rock or progressive rock at this stage. So the EP, mate, has a massive rock production, really. It's one of the biggest sounds that I've heard all year from a rock release. It really jumps out of the speakers. And how I know that is because I've been listening to the EP over my iPhone 7's internal speaker, so nothing else, no headphones, no UE speaker device attached to a monster speakers, just the shitty internal speakers, excuse my language. Is, <laughs> mate, is, the huge resu- is the huge sound a result of the dynamics and the songwriting, or is there some sort of excellent production technique and engineering technique from the team that you use to produce the album? Oh, look, a bit of both, I'd say. Um, I think, well, I mean, our, our production team was phenomenal, I, I do have to say. Um, we, we There's a little studio down here in Tasmania um, called Red Planet Studios, um, and they're sort of, you know, they're, they're one of a few down in Tasmania, but obviously being a small market, there's not a huge amount there, but... Um, yeah, they really produce some some great work, and um, you know they produce some quite big um, titles from Tasmania. But also, I think a lot of the sound has to do with um, the, the mastering process. Um, we got Forrester Sav- uh, Savelle to do our mastering, so he's you know he's he's been sort of work with bands like Carnival and Cog and Dead Letter Circus and some really heavy hitting names um, in the sort of Australian scene as well as international bands. Um, but yeah, just an ability to sort of get this really sort of big washy rock tone um so yeah it's had a lot to do with that but um yeah i think the songwriting also has been different to our our previous releases um and it sort of helped really get a bit of punch out as well yeah so mate just talking about the the lyrical inspiration what what's are you the lyricist in the band i should ask no so i'm i'm the drummer um so our um and then we have uh louis fantarella on the bass and sam hun who plays guitar and um and writes the lyrics and does the vocals. Well, I'll ask you to speak for the other members of the other member of the band then that does the lyrics. What's the what's the inspiration behind the lyrical content in the songs on the EP? Oh, look, all sorts of things. I mean, we're sort of you know we're we're sort of young and and you know have a lot of ideas on things. Um, and I guess you know that's where a lot of rock comes from is sort of you know sort of seeing things that you know don't quite sit well or. Um, you know, if you have sort of, you know, I mean, I, I guess there's, there's sort of there's some personal things in the mix. There's some sort of political things in the mix. There's a whole, there's a whole bunch of things. Um, you know, a couple of the songs I think are, are quite personal to Sam, and he's sort of happy for people to sort of, you know, have their own take on, on, uh, li- you know, lyric-wise. But um, yeah, I mean, I guess we sort of just draw from from what we see and, and go from there. Yeah. 
Mate, I can't remember the last time that I heard a band from Hobart receive attention, to be honest. But having been there, I know that there's a thriving music scene and there are some outstanding musicians that come from Tasmania. So how has Hobart or has Hobart and living in Tasmania identifiably influenced the band's music? I think so. Yeah, I definitely think so. I think the thing about, you know, Tasmania obviously being such a, a small scene and I guess Hobart's one of those cities where sort of you can't really walk for five minutes on the street without running into somebody you know. And I mean, that sort of extends into the music realm as well. Um, so everybody knows everybody. Um, and often, you know, those those boundaries exceed sort of genres. So, you know, um, it's not just rock bands in, in cahoots with other rock bands, you know, sort of you, you love everybody really. Um and I don't know, I guess there's a lot of good rock happening in Hobart. There's a lot of good everything happening in Hobart, really. Um, and, yeah, there's some, there's some bands down here doing some really amazing things that we really love. And so, obviously, we're influenced by them as well. Do people still congregate and drink in that area near the uni there? You know, in the city there near Salamanca, um, where the last time I was down there, there was a heap of students down there just congregating and drinking and playing acoustic guitars. Does that still go on? Absolutely. Yeah, there's always <laughs> these guitars rolling around. Um oh, look there's a few there's a few venues in, in Hobart that are sort of renowned for just being like the rock venue. Um like the Brisbane Hotel, for example. I mean, ever since I was a kid, um, that was sort of the go to place. I mean you can't walk on the floor without, you know, sort of having to pull yourself <laughs> off it because it's so sticky with beers, you know, that rock sort of thing. Roll. But um <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty rock and roll little little town, I have to say. Um, and I think, you know, it's really great that, um, you know, the internet being what it is and stuff today, you know, some, some bands from Tassie are getting some exposure. And um, obviously, you know, there's been some great stuff come out of come out of Tasmania. But, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot more great stuff to come. So what are you guys doing to promote the EP? Are there any tours in the works? Yeah, so... Um, we're in a little bit of a tricky period at the moment because um, our front man sort of just graduated from medicine. So he's just sort of rocking into the, <laughs> you know, into the, into the, into the long hours. And um, yeah, I guess we've got, we've got some stuff on, but we do have a few shows um, to promote our EP. Um, we're playing one here on uh, up in Launceston in Tasmania on, on this coming Friday. And then another one on the Saturday in Hobart. And we're also playing the Marion Bay um, leg of the Falls Festival as well. Um, which would be really good, and um, and we're really hoping to get over um, over to the other states next year. Yeah, what's um in terms of promoting the music? How do you cut through a lot of the noise that's on the internet? Because you do have a really good EP here, I must say, and it's an EP that I think if people give an opportunity to, it's going to last a lot longer than just a cursory listen on whatever media device that they use to listen to music through. So, how do you guys plan on raising awareness of the band? Oh, look, that, I mean, that is the question, really. <laughs> you know, um, there's, I mean, I, I guess the problem, you know, with music at the moment, well, I mean, you can call it a problem, it's really not, but, you know, there's just so many great acts out there and I think, um, you know, people are really spoiled for choice on, on listening to things. Um, so, you know, for us as a band, um, we, you know, I guess we just we just push it and, you know, anybody who wants to hear it will, you know, we'll put it to them and, you know, we'll, we'll sort of force it on people and, you know, whatever we have to do, whatever we have to do, but... Um, I think, you know, look, I, we'd be kidding ourselves if we thought that, you know, there weren't a million other great bands out there who were doing phenomenal things. And, um, you know, obviously there's only so, so many bands that people can listen to. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess, I guess we'll just put it out there and we'll hope for the best. And, and to be honest, it's just what we love doing also, you know, we, we just love playing together and making music. 
Um, so even if it's sort of, you know, if people do give it a cursory listen, that's, you know, that's, that's great. Um, I think that's a win in, in our book. But if it goes further than that, um, obviously, you know, we're appreciative of, of anybody taking the time to listen to it. You guys sound like you're the sort of band that if you, if you were to see you live, it would all make sense. I think, yeah, I think so. It's like, I, I think we, in a way, we pride ourselves on our, on our live performance. Um, it's sort of, it's always, you know, just silly over the top, like kicking cymbals down. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's a real, it's a real fun time. Um, and I think that that's where we really excel. You know, um, we love recording music, we love writing music, but um, yeah, if I was to personally, I won't speak for the other guys, but if I was to pick where I, where I really, you know, love, um, with the band, it's, it's on the stage in front of people. And, um, yeah, I think that that really sort of shines through to the audience. Yes, well, it could be a bit of like um, a Radio Bird Band thing going on there because, you know, Dennis Tech from that very famous band was is a surgeon. Oh, I know he's got something to do with having a qualification in the medical field anyway, and you guys could sort of follow in that footstep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, it's pretty funny. I don't know, I, I guess sort of... Um, we don't really fit the rock stereotype either. You know what I mean? Like yeah, we're, totally. sort of, we're sort of, yeah, pretty unassuming looking dudes, but um, no, we, we love, we love getting dirty on stage and, and having a good time. Um, and I, you know, that's what, that's what sort of rock music's all about. So. Yeah, indeed. So in saying that, what does success look like for the members of the band? Cause I take it you've all got, you know, you've all got other things going on. So this is just a component of your life or an aspect of your life, but you know, is it that big grand Pearl Jam style rock and roll success or is it a little bit closer to home, so to speak? Sure. Well, I mean, that's the thing, like, I guess because, you know, because we're a small band and because we're from Hobart, um, sort of, we, I guess we're, we're sort of trying to be, I guess, sort of realistic about, um, where the band's going to go. I mean, I guess we, you know, we're not banking on, on making it huge and being, you know, a, a massive, you know, sort of international rock band. Um, and we've all got our own things going on. Like you say, I mean, Sam's doing medicine and I'm, I'm doing postgraduate degree and Louis just finished his degree. And so we've all got jobs, you know, coming up and that sort of thing. Um, I guess success for us in the short term really just means having a good time, you know, and, and playing our, playing our shows. And, you know, if we get over to the other States, that's, you know, great. And we get to travel a little bit and we get to release our music and we get to express our, you know, creativity. And, and that's what it's about first and foremost. Um, and if it goes further than there, you know, like um, if we end up sort of playing an international tour or um, we get more, you know, radio playtime, um, we'll just take that as it comes. But I think really success to us at the moment is just, just doing what we love and um, having anybody really, yeah, take take a listen. So 4ZZZ are obviously behind you guys, otherwise I wouldn't be interviewing you. But what about uh, Triple J, mate, you know, the national youth broadcaster, as they like to call it? Have they gotten behind the band? Sure. Yeah. Oh, look, Triple J, they've always been great to us as a band and, and to, you know, so many other bands as well. Um, we've, we've been played, uh, well, the latest single has been played a couple of times on, uh, well, once on Richard Kingsmill's Sunday Night Show and um, again on um, one of the, the weeknight shows um, and the, the Home and Host Show. And um, we, I think we're seeing a, a rotated uh, spot on Unearthed. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, and it's so great, you know, because I think there's so many different, you know, music's moving in so many different directions and stuff. Um, and there's sort of that, you know, age old myth that like rock is dying and stuff, but, um, to be seeing sort of attention from, from, you know, big sort of national, um, radio stations and radio stations such as your own and such, um, it's sort of really, you know, it's been really great for us and, um, yeah, really good to, you know, sort of, sort of keep, you know, keep us going. Yeah. 
Yeah, shout out to the King. I know he's on a rival network, but, uh, you know, he's uh, <laughs> he's known for supporting Aussie Sounds and branding new Aussie Sounds at that. He's not really the guy that wants to deep too too deep into his bucket to pull up a release and admonish everybody for not, uh, uh, you know, loving their greatness back in 1986 or 87 or whatever it might be. Because <laughs> it's so... I mean, I'm a big fan of new music and new sounds. And in my view, I mean, a lot of people talk about it. Oh, it was better than yesteryear with Led Zeppelin or Black Sabbath, blah, blah, blah. But look... If it isn't for the new bands, where is rock music going to? It's just going to be a buddy AM program eventually, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, true. I mean, I mean, you you can't you know you can't fault the classics. I mean, they are what they are for a reason, of course. But um, I think you know with music, there's so much you know ground untouched so far, and you know there's so much so much to be done. Um, and you know, I guess that's you know it's it's always worth giving the new artists a go, and um, you know there's many greats to be discovered yet. So um, so yeah, no, we're of course really appreciative um, and really interested in in people checking us out and um, us checking out other bands as well. So just going back to, oh, actually, I should ask this question before anything. How did you guys meet? Did you guys meet at uni? Given the nature of what you guys do away from music. So. It's actually uh, like I would hate to see a Wikipedia page written about our band because it's sort of like <laughs> been quite a quite a tumultuous sort of experience. But um, essentially, Sam Hunt has sort of always been the um, the spearhead of the band, um, obviously being the, the guitar player and the songwriter. Um, and sort of they there's been a bit of a, a rotating roster of members over the time because you know people get busy and move away, and um, you know a couple of guys have gone. Um, gone to different states to study and such. Um, so I met Sam through a mutual friend, um, and he. There were other members in the band at the time, um, and I guess um, one of the members moved to Victoria. To, uh, he's an engineer. Um, he was the drummer, and so he had to leave the band, which is how I entered. Because um, Sam and I had had sort of you know um, jams and stuff. Um, we just played music because obviously we're both interested in music, so we'd had a couple of jams. So he knew who I was. So that's sort of how I got the gig. Um, and Louis, Louis was in the band um, a couple of years ago, and he just him and Sam were our friends. Um, and then Louis sort of went off and did his own thing for a little while and left the band. Um, and then probably about twelve months ago, uh, Louis came back. But um, yeah, it's sort of. It's been a it's been an interesting experience. It's been a lot of sort of members come and go, but I think you know the lineup that we've had and um, with this release, Louis did play on the album. But um, yeah, for this EP release, it's been extremely strong, and um, and more than anything, we just get along really well as friends, um, and so that sort of makes the whole the whole working experience just. Yeah, easy. It's a shitload easier when you all get along, isn't it? I mean, that's the biggest thing that oh, fans good, apart, yeah. isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, and it's such a tragic, you know, thing to, to sort of see bands fall apart just because there's sort of one or two members who can't sort of get get themselves together. So, yeah, you're not wrong. Look, um, look, I've just left a band myself, and it's it, you know, when I say for positive reasons, I just decided that I wanted to do something different. You know, it's as simple as that. But um, typically, when people leave the band, it's usually in a bit of a huff and a puff, isn't it? Um, that's certainly been my experience with other people leaving bands that I've been in, or or what have you, or they're not getting paid enough, or oh, it's too much effort. I don't want to drive to rehearsal, blah blah blah. But look, I think the the, the key thing that I've noticed about successful bands, you know, how they talk about the ten year overnight sensation, you know. Bands just seem to have come from nowhere, but really they haven't. They've been rehearsing and doing exactly what you what you've just mentioned, working with other people, trying to get something off the ground for a number of years. Oh, absolutely. And I think you know, being in a band is is not is not as glamorous as people you know like to think it is, especially sort of in the earlier stages. And 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 people can spend you know their entire lives in the earlier stages. So 
um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's definitely difficult and it sort of, you know, takes a financial toll. And I think just creatively as well, it's sort of, it can be challenging to find people that you can work with um, effectively because, you know, you, you, you're really putting a piece of yourself out there. Um, and sometimes people have different ideas on, on what they'd like to, to sort of put out. So, yeah, I mean, it's an extreme, extremely challenging thing, but it's like you say, you know, um, I like to use sort of Violent Soho as a bit of an example here. I mean, there's a band that right sort band, of come yeah. up in the, yeah, in, in, in recent years, um, but, you know, not without just a, an excessive amount of work on their part and sacrifice, you know, they were going for years and years and years and, um, you know, had some, had some pretty negative experiences before they sort of, yeah, really got the attention that they deserved. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a hard time, but it's also, you know, it's fun and, you know, we wouldn't do it if it wasn't fun. Um, so, yeah. Mate, how did your parents put up with you? being a drummer <laughs> that thing about you know oh, that, drum kit. That's, yeah. that's the question isn't it yeah <laughs> well luckily uh, I sort of I sort of grew up um in a bit of a rural area so um once I sort of expressed interest in in having a drum kit it wasn't too bad because it wasn't you know neighbors within kilometers so um yeah it was really just my sort of parents they had to put up with it but um I actually stopped playing drums for a number of years because I moved into the sort of a suburban environment but um yeah, look, drums, yeah, uh, the, if I can give advice to parents, it's don't let your child play drums because they're pretty <laughs> annoying if you're not playing them. Well, I'm a, I'm a bass player. I think I've sort of I've alluded that I'm a musician. I'm a bass player who sometimes dabbles in guitar, and my daughter's four and a half and showing some signs of really enjoying drumming and percussion, so God help me. Yeah, well, luckily, you know, electric drum kits are pretty good these days. And, uh, yeah, so that would be my advice is start with the electric drum kit and work your way up. Yeah, good stuff, mate. Well, that about concludes our chat. How can people find out about the band and how can people get in touch with you? Sure. Um, so we primarily work through Facebook and Instagram. So if people are interested in checking us out, um, we're just Vertically Taz on on um, on Facebook and Instagram. Um, we're also on Triple J Unearthed. We have a YouTube channel as well if people are interested. And in, we actually released a, a film clip today um, hold off the press. So yeah, if people want to check that out, um, that's on YouTube. Yeah. But just through, through the usual sort of online channels. Okay. Well, mate, thank you very much for the interview. Uh, I can attest to anybody out there. Somebody's a bit like me. I'm a bit of a random individual and in that I love a lot of funk and jazz and then I go for fairly heavy stuff. So a lot of the stuff that is in between, like, uh, you know, when I say traditional rock music, basically rock music of the type that would be played on Triple J, uh, like what you guys do, wouldn't typically be my bag, but I've actually found that I've really enjoyed this EP. So, look, just check out the clip on YouTube, the one that's just been released. I think you've got another one on YouTube, if I'm not mistaken, though. Yeah, we do. We have two tracks. Um, yeah, Dominant was the first the first clip that we released, and we just released a free will um, yeah, video today. Yeah, so my point earlier is that if a bloke like me can get to this music, anybody who loves rock music should get straight into you guys. It's definitely there. All of the con all of the great stuff about the bands that I mentioned earlier, like Bauhaus, Interpol, and Nirvana. I hope you agree with that, by the way. The comparison to those bands, I should have asked that. Um, no, absolutely, and and we really appreciate you know, and and that's sort of something that we love about about the music that we play and and people that listen. And we yeah, thank you very much. My name's Andrew Mackay Smith, and you are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. That was my conversation with the drummer for a band from Tasmania called Verticoli. His name, Thomas Norman. Thank you so much for listening.